Uh, Harlan Ullman uh, writes a great piece in The Hill. Uh, chairman of the Killerman Group, senior advisor of the Atlanta Council. And, of course, a very distinguished uh, columnist, as mentioned. Latest book, a great author. Uh, best-selling author of The Fifth, Fifth Horseman and the New Mad. And uh, we welcome uh, Dr. Ullman to the airwaves. Haven't spoke to him in a while. Always good to catch up. All in great having you. What's going on here? Well, a lot's going on, quite frankly, Jay. What's going around the world, what's happening in the Middle East, what's happening here with the presidential elections. Uh, it's all very, very exciting times, and in some cases, very, very depressing times. But I think that the point that needs to be made is that um, the United States is really at a decision point in its future. Um, we have two people running for president, the majority of whom Americans do not want to have running as president. We have all sorts of issues that are dividing the country. And the fundamental question that we have to address right now, Jay, is will it be more or less divided? Who is going to bring the country together and how is that going to be done? Well, I think people have to realize that if these two are the finalists come November the 5th, I think the big the big question is, and I don't think I don't think that'll be the case. I, I've stated to you in the past. I still think we've had this discussion before. Yeah, yeah. I, I still think it's not going to be Joe Biden. I think I think that you have a wild card. Uh, you want to call me crazy? I was one of the first to say Michelle Obama back in the day. Everybody's jumped on that whole thing now. Um, but if it is Joe Biden, if it is Donald Trump, um, people have to ask themselves, and I say this. All of the time. I don't care. I don't care whatever whatever the election is, national, state, local. Are you better off? Uh, are you better off now than you were four years ago or three years, depending on the term and the office and everything else? That's what people have to honestly ask themselves, Holland, and even more so this cycle. Go ahead. I would actually look at it differently. I would say, will you be better off three or four years from now? rather than looking backwards. And as you know, I would find the Trump presidency uh, extremely depressing in the extreme because I don't think this fellow is fit for office. On the other hand, I think Joe is too progressive. And so how do we then have some kind of a government of the center? Now, what's interesting, I have not read, in fact, I don't know whether the long-awaited bill has come out of the Senate that's supposed to deal with immigration, the Middle East, and... Uh, it is a horrendous bill. Has it come out? Have you had a chance to look at it? I have not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we talked, I talked a little, a little bit about it this morning. You know, it's yeah. a, you know, kind of a combined effort as far as foreign aid, Israel, Ukraine, uh, as well as the border. And I think it's an absolute disaster to combine what? everything like this. No, no, an absolute disaster. The border should be done separately. Border has to be a separate situation. Have you had a chance to read? The, I have not. I've had a chance to read the contents because the content is what counts. And if the content, if the content of the bill is substantive, that's very, very important because that would show a genuine bipartisan effort to get these things done, and that offers a ray of hope. But I've not yet had a chance to read or even look at the bill. I, I don't see how they're going to agree on it. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a it's a 118 billion dollar deal. Joe Biden it gives him far reaching powers to restrict illegal migrant crossings of the border. Yep. Again, it will provide aid 
we know about, billions to support Ukraine, security assistance for Israel, uh, as well as humanitarian assistance for civilians in Gaza. But, you know, you listen to Mike Johnson, uh, Holland, the speaker, and, you know, it's basically dead on arrival. It's dead on arrival. And it's too weak. The House will probably vote this week on a standalone bill providing aid for Israel. That has to be in play. You cannot have a combination here of everything in play, including that of the border with this stuff. You can't do that. This all the time, it placates the situation. Uh, listen, to not address what is happening at the southern border is an absolute disgrace. That has to be a standalone. That has to be a separate situation. That is not being attacked properly. Okay? And that's why this is a waste of time. A waste of time. It's DOA when it comes to signage. You know that. Well, I don't know that yet. The, the fact of the matter is that if that's the case, and we have gridlock on that, you know the Senate is going out of session for two weeks, uh, which means that it will not be until sometime in March that this will be addressed. And Ukraine cannot wait until March. Israel probably cannot wait until March. Uh, I would hope that the border could be settled before March, but that may be the case. And so if that is what turns out, Jay, then the pessimism about the future of this country uh, comes to the fore simply because we cannot deal with matters of grave national security in a rational way. And that will give you some idea of what lies ahead during this election year, and it is not good. It is not good. This is a very, very bad omen of what's likely to come if, as you correctly, as you say correctly or not, the House rejects the bill uh, as dead on arrival. Which brings us back to the start of our conversation between the two combatants in Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And again, you want to say if you're better off at a certain period, I say you're better off now than you were four years ago. And you have to look at it objectively and honestly. And you have to also think, can we sustain four more years of the current situation on all fronts? I mean, you have to ask yourself honestly, can we keep going with this border wide open? I don't think we can. I don't see how we we sustain our situation at hand here. I just don't. Unlike, unlike other times in the past where, I mean, go back to the revolution. I'll go back to the Civil War, 1861. Uh, at crisis points, the difference today is that there is no apparent solution other than the economy recovering. So it's well, there is a solution. Enough, it's going to be strong enough to cover up all sin. And frankly, right now, the economy, what the economy has done so far, may not be quite miraculous, but it's been extremely, extremely positive. Nobody thought the economy would do so well. The question is, how far will this economic success reach down into America? Let's not get into the economy. Listen, you could, you could tell me the economy's doing great, the jobs added, unemployment uh, holding at 3.7. It's not great. You know, it's not great. Has the wage has the wage equaled out to where we are in this period right now? The answer is no. Uh, are people paying more, uh, the bottom line, for their needs re- regarding uh, energy, regarding groceries? Uh, the answer is no. 
I mean, they are they are completely uh, off the rails as far as uh, the cost of living and everything else. You know that as well as I do. I well, don't want to hear about uh, Wall Street and thirty eight thousand. I don't want to hear about three hundred fifty three thousand jobs added. I, I don't want to hear about unemployment at three point seven. You know as well as I know. The average Joe out there is having a very str- a tough struggle. You, if you tell telling me that everything is okay when sixty two percent of the country lives paycheck to paycheck, all in all, and I'm sorry, uh, I don't agree at all. I'm sorry. Well, Jay, you can't you cannot just willy nilly throw out you know all the good data, which is very very real. As I said to begin the conversation, the question is how far will the economic success reach down into America. But let me ask you another question. What do you think Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping are doing when they look at America? What do you think their views are? They're licking their chops. They're licking their chops, Solon. Because because they see blood in the water. They see utter weakness. Utter weakness sitting in the White House. They know it, and that's that's what has prevailed over the last couple of years. Two and a half years ago, it all started in Afghanistan with that botched withdrawal. And look what has occurred since. Uh, everybody is going by way of how they want to go about their business. Putin, Xi, uh, even uh, Kim there, and firing off missiles like it's Christmas morning here. And his new toys, okay? Iran, look what Iran is doing right now, okay? I- Iran, with the 168 attacks on U.S. air bases, in and around since the 17th of October, why do you think they're going about that type of business? It is about weakness. When there is weakness in the White House, that's where all havoc begins, and it continues, okay? And that's what you're seeing right now. You can make that case. If you had strength, you would not have this, okay? But you have it because of how we have operated as a country here over the last three years. All right, let's just take the hypothesis that... You don't agree with that? No, I don't agree with that, absolutely. I I think that that's a... The problem problem here, Jay, are that the the issues are so complicated and difficult. Um, We do not, and this this is the problem that I think your listeners have to understand, we do not have the necessary knowledge and understanding of events and what is going on elsewhere around the world. China has so many huge internal problems that uh, they are going to be consumed with them. Um, Russia has lost, pick a number, two-thirds of its military equipment. People are concerned about Russia perhaps doing something in the West against NATO. You've got to be joking. They would have to harness the Boy Scouts to be able to do that. Our problem in Gaza, for example, is very simple. It's Bibi Netanyahu. And no matter who is going to be president in the United States, that person has to deal with Netanyahu. And Netanyahu is out to do as much damage as he can to the Palestinians, to Hamas, and everybody else. And this may actually wreck Israel. For example, if you were president, what would you do differently right now regarding Gaza? Well, first off, you know what I would do first thing right off the bat? Is I'd plug the border. I would plug the border. Not one entry coming in. Not one. Not not this five thousand a day nonsense. Now, as far as this bill is concerned, I would plug the border. Okay, you can't do that. Because plug the border. Put in forty two. Title forty two. No, remain no. in Mexico. The, the catch Jay, and release Jay, and everything Jay. else. Come on. 
Enough is enough. That's what I would do. You and I, listen, I I finished the wall. I don't care what it would take. I finished the wall. You Jay, must shore up stop. this border, okay? Hey, I, the fentanyl I, 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 and everything else, <laughs> Holland, the encounters, October, November, December, are, are just setting records, rec- shattering old may records. I, may you I, must you, secure this border because like not only the encounters, but the, the possible terrorism that could be reignited once again in this country. And there's yeah, no doubt that's going to happen. There's no doubt. What happened in New York City last week? Wait, in Times Square. What happened in Jay, New York City? Jay, let me just, first of all, the only way that the border is going to be under some degree of control is if we pass necessary legislation to enable that. The remain in Mexico was challenged by many court cases, and it probably is unconstitutional. The president does not have sufficient. No, I'm just telling you what. Is Joe Biden doing a good job with the border right now? Say again. Is Joe Biden getting it done at the border right now? Of course not. I, I, look, we, look, here is the problem. Is this the and number one issue? To say emotion. It's Jay, Jay. Look, we agree on that. The problem is how do you solve what's going on? And what I'm saying right now, because of the very, very serious legal issues, you need really good legislation to deal with that. I don't care who the president is. Donald Trump, Donald Trump spouts off about building a wall and making Mexico pay for it. That's all nonsense. And it's, it's just hot air. You need a strong piece of legislation. Let me ask you, when, let me ask you this. When yeah. Trump, hold on, when Trump was president, do you think yeah. it was more under control than what we're seeing right now? I think, let me put it this way. No, because but can you answer, yes or no on that, Olin? It's a yes or no question. It, no, it's, it's not a yes or no answer. Yes, it is. Change. The answer is yes. The answer wait, is wait, yes. Wait, stop. If Joe, if, if Trump had won in 2020, the border would be in the same degree of disarray it is right now, period. That's what people do not understand. And it's not a function of the Absolutely false. Case. No, you have to have legislation. Jay, you take a look at all the litigation that has now erupted. Uh, how do we get into the situation? Look, at, you use the example of New York City. Now, how is it conceivable that these aliens can beat up a cop and get away with it and not a, even... A number of different pass. policies. A, it's crazy. they're undocumented. Two, we have Here's soft laws as far as prosecution. You know that. Alvin Bragg is, was an... Hold on a minute now. Alvin Bragg was an absolute joke this past weekend, telling all of us... We're not going to rest until we have all all of the participants in custody and facing the law. Come on. I don't want to hear that. That's a bunch of uh, – come on. Supposing, Give me a break. Now, supposing, supposing one of the police officers had drawn their gun and shot one of the assailants, what do you think the result would have been? Holland, here's the thing. That didn't happen. What did supposing happen it is, did. hold on a minute now. It didn't happen. So I'm not going to speculate to see if what if that had occurred. What I do know is half of these guys are out in California right now. So good luck trying to I round have, up I, I, all of the assailants to face the law. Good luck, Jay, Mr. I have, to, I, have, I have to congratulate you because now you sound like a U.S. senator and answering the question. Congratulations. I don't know whether it's up or not. But my point is 
that the rules and laws in New York over this issue are irrational. And I'm making the same analogy. Right now, the rules and laws about the border are irrational. And no matter who is going to be president, they were stuck with this particular mess because Congress cannot agree and the president cannot coerce them. That's the problem we face. It's a matter of governability. Holland, I ask you this again. National security threat. What's the greatest national security threat? It's the U.S. government because we cannot govern. The Constitution no longer. Day one. You know as well as I I do. Day one of the Biden presidency. The M.O. of Joe Biden sitting in that Oval Office was to overturn via executive order everything. So did everything Trump. that Trump put Trump in place. Same thing with Obama. Keystone Pipeline and everything else, that's a whole other story. Everything that was done at that border to preserve safety was turned around. Day one. Day one. Okay? Day one, he appointed a czar to oversee everything going on there. In fact, the Homeland Security, the Homeland Secretary can't even honestly call it what it is. He can't even say the word crisis. He calls it a challenge. Everything reeks regarding how this administration has handled that border. To me, it's the number one issue. When people go to those polls on November the 5th, they're going to be thinking about this. Okay, they're going to be thinking about the nearly nine million encounters, nine million encounters that this administration has faced. Okay, let's fast forward. Let's fast forward to November right now. And of course, who knows what's going to happen in terms of events that will change, potentially change things. Um, The election is very likely to be decided by a relatively small handful of people in a number of precincts in a number of limited states. It could well be that 20, 30, 50, 100,000 people will determine the election. Now, how well do you think the American political system is prepared to deal with perhaps the closest election in its history, more so than even 1876 or 2000? Do you think we can withstand, if the election is that close, what the outcome can be? Mark. I don't I'm going to tell you right now, if, if it's between Trump and Biden, I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be close at all. I you think Biden the, went by that much. Uh, listen, I, I think if you are a poll watcher and whatnot, I'm not. I, I've always said it's snapshot in time. I, I want to make that very clear. But I think that Joe Biden is so underwater in so many categories here. Uh, I, I don't see how this one is even going to be close. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's more of a landslide. I really do. I, I think if, if things keep pace the way they are and policies do not change, I think you're going to be looking at a landslide election come November the 5th. I really do. I, I don't even think it'll be close. I, I think I think Joe Biden, listen, I've stated to you a million times, you're a historian, I've stated to you a million times, when all said and done, Joe Biden will be at the helm, at the top, as far as being the worst American president in the history of this country. When all said and done, when we look to analyze and everything else, economy, crime, border, foreign policy, 
he will be last in line in every every category. And I think right now, fast forward to this election, I don't I don't even see it being close. I don't. And well, listen. be prepared to be surprised. Okay. For a number of reasons. Supposing gasoline, and this is all hypothetical, Memorial Day is down to two and a half dollars a gallon. Doesn't matter. Supposing wages, no, just stop for a second, Jay. Think how easily this turns around. Supposing Trump, if he does go to court and is convicted in a serious case, like the classified materials, uh, and even if the Georgia case comes through and he's convicted and is sentenced to jail, how much is that going to turn around? So you have all these unpredictable things that can happen. Uh, and so right now, I agree with you. The polls all show that Trump is headed towards a victory. But polls are nonsensical. Remember Harry Truman and, and Tom. I get it. I get it. Back in the day with so, Bowie, I understand it. But here's the other side of the coin. These issues, which you and I, if we had the authority, could sit down and come to rational decisions. The border, how we're going to deal with Gaza, you name it. You and I, or a couple of people, could sit down. The issue is, how do you persuade a deeply and possibly irreversibly divided country between blue and red Republicans and Democrats to agree on anything? It's the issue of governability. And even if Donald Trump were to win, uh, I think that we face or Joe Biden, I think we face this issue of governability, and I'm afraid either candidate, if they are elected, are going to increase the differences between the country. And so the only hope may be what happens in 2028, and who do you see as the rising political stars who could actually bring this country together? Uh, I'm seriously worried, because I think we're at a deflection point where the future of this country is at grave risk. And on the one hand, we have the potential to deal with that, on the other hand, the politics, the nastiness, the hatred, the enmity that exists right now between both parties. I mean, you have couples that get divorced because one is a Republican and one is a Democrat. Jay, that's a sign of insanity. <laughs> well, it just shows you the divide of course, that has come through with this country. I mean, it is it is unbelievable. See, this is the reason why we get nothing done. We get nothing done on the state level as well because of this. When there is a one-party rule like in New York, in Albany, nothing is getting done. When you have massive issues, okay, massive issues. You know what the biggest problem is? Think about this. If you are a Democrat, you are banking on an 86-year-old man. If he finishes out his term to leave this country. And that is pretty sad. I mean, and I'm not saying this. You know, just to kind of, you know, get a couple of headlines or anything else. It is so apparent that Joe Biden has lost a little bit of fastball. You know it as well as I do. You're asking him to carry on four more years in a world today that is so complicated, so dangerous, and to have an individual of this nature lead the way, sitting at that desk at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Making decisions that affect all of us, all of our all of our children, and everything else. Uh, that, to me, is a dangerous predicament right now. All right, now let's 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 look at the other side of the coin. Donald Trump, who I think was a catastrophically bad president. Your views about Biden, and as you know, I'm an independent. I'm not happy with Joe Biden. 
But if you take all the senior people around around Donald Trump, Jim Mattis, Secretary of State, John Kelly, Chief of Staff, all these people, and ask them about about the possibility of a Trump presidency, they would be aghast. And you could probably go down through most of these senior appointees initially. Look, if you listen to Donald Trump on the stump, he had a 100-minute rant the other day, and he was absolutely incoherent. Incoherent. So the same argument. Oh, stop. You can make about, no, no, stop. You can make about. Now we're going to. Now we're going to compare cognitively Trump and Biden? Are you kidding me? I'm I'm deadly serious. I don't think I don't think Donald Trump uh, is is in terms of cognition capable of being president. He's incoherent. Not only that, he's hugely overweight, and that's a fundamental problem. He may say he's the healthiest guy. You use the same argument now. Now, just for a moment, say you're a Democrat commenting on Trump. They will mirror your argument about Biden. And you're absolutely right. Joe shuffles like an old man. I'm not sure Joe ever had a fastball. But the same kind of argument, this is one of the problems, Jay. The same arguments can be mirrored against Donald Trump. Listen, right Joe's before. right now, Joe doesn't even have a good folly floater to compare <laughs> with the great Steve Hamilton, the Yankees, back in the day. Holland. I mean, it is a serious situation. Listen, am I happy with both? As choices? No. no, I'm not. Obviously, I'm not. I, I think the greatest country on this planet yep. was somehow who can't fortify 330 million people at the greatest <laughs> minds on the planet and everything else, and we can't figure out leaders. That's and, and the I sad have, part here. I have, That's I the sad to, part. I either have to critique you or admire you for leaving out one of the other knockout blows about Joe Biden. And I, I admire your restraint. You didn't even once mention Kamala Harris. So I congratulate you on that. No. You know, to, to me, Kamala is a non-factor. I mean, really, she's a non-factor. Uh, she will well, just no, evaporate, no. you know, as far as when Biden loses the election, if it is Joe Biden. Uh, and we'll see come November the 5th. Listen, Holland, always great conversation. To be continued. Reed Holland's uh, great piece in The Hill. Every Monday it comes out, The Hill. Uh, one of the great uh, uh, documents as far as uh, Washington is concerned on the national and international scales, obviously. And, of course, uh, best-selling author, uh, The New Mad. Can't thank you enough. I look forward to the great next time. Okay, Good conversation.